Go. And welcome in, everybody, to Off of the Helmets. I'm Brady Tinker. It is a bi-week recovery week as we head into Green Bay Packers week. And how perfect is this? Mike McCarthy going home. He's going to drive down McCarthy Way, and he's going to take on a beat-up Packers team that he said, how about this? I really want to win to the media. Can we leave it at that? I really want to win. And guess what? He has endeared himself to this team so much, they really want to win for him. All that next, coming up on Off of the Helmets. And welcome in everybody to Off of the Helmets, created by our friends at DSP Media. I'm Brady Tinker. Thank you for joining us. Very excited about how the week has gone. We have all kinds of good news, and, and we love storylines. Guys like me love storylines. The Cowboys prepping for Green Bay. They're 6-2, and two, coming off a nice couple of wins for Dak Prescott as they got to the bye week. A lot of guys had aches and pains, including Zeke Elliott. We'll get to all of that, but it does look, a little peek behind the curtain, it does look very much like damn near everyone's going to play. Now, Tyron's not back yet, and there's a few others, but the guys that you have been watching are going to play football, including, including Zeke Elliott. Mike McCarthy goes home. He called Green Bay home for 14 years. He won eight in eight consecutive seasons, he had playoff teams, nine total. He went to Super Bowl and he won the Super Bowl. Whether he got along great with Aaron Rodgers all the time or not, hey, it's a 53-man team plus whatever's on the practice squad. Everyone doesn't love everyone. ELE was in a movie. It's not in real life, especially when you talk about this many people. Everyone love everyone. It's a good idea, uh, but it doesn't work when you're talking about 65 grown men playing NFL football. And by the way, most of them are rich. Mike McCarthy was very good in Green Bay. So good that they gave him a street. So good that Curly Lambeau, Vince Lombardi, and Mike McCarthy are the three biggest names in Green Bay history of coaching. So I don't know that we in Dallas have embraced him like that. Jerry actually said when they hired him, one of the reasons that he's had his eye on him for years was that Super Bowl that was in Dallas where Green Bay beat, beat Pittsburgh. I was at that game. It was a really good Super Bowl. It was fun to watch. Uh, two really good teams, and Green Bay won the Super Bowl with its special quarterback, and it, it was great, and and Mike was great, and he is beloved. You know, Green Bay is a lot like Kansas City. It's a little more Midwestern. It's a little more laid back. They embrace their sports heroes, right? If you if you act right and, and you're a decent human and you help your team win and you enrich the lives of people in the Midwest who are going through six months of winter and you give them something to look forward to, they will embrace you. And Green Bay embraced Mike McCarthy. They really did. Whether there were criticisms or not, however, it ended at the end. What did Mike say? It left a dent. When I got fired, it left a dent. It will. But NFL coaches don't last. 14 years. They, they just don't. It was a hell of a run. Now, the odd thing, he told us some stories, you know, Mike stayed in Green Bay, which he now says is probably not what I would recommend any of you do. If you're in a town that's been your town and then you get fired, it's probably not best set up shop in your barn to rework how you're going to think about coaching in the future if you get a job. By the way, he had a knee surgery and he was rehabbing at a facility basically right by the stadium. Probably, he said, that wasn't the best. It was lots of awkward times, times that made his heart hurt. Uh, his family loved it there. So it was painful for everyone, not just him, but for his entire family. And in the end, uh, you know, he talked about it and he's like, 
I'm not mad. I was never mad. I, it wasn't like I ever said I don't understand or this is a BS firing. This is what happens in the NFL. And, and my family and I are now better because of it. But I would do some things differently. But anyway, he's going to drive down McCarthy Way. Pretty exciting. I think his teammates, uh, his his coaching staff and his his kids on his team are excited. 125 and 77 with the Packers. Pretty good. He was emotional about that team and he's emotional about that town. But it's been four years. And so we picked at him this week about emotions. All of us love the emotions. Tell us a story. Tell us how you feel. How mad are you? Are you still butthurt? Blah, 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 blah. And his one thing was, I just want to win this game really bad. Is that okay? Meaning, is that fucking enough? And it wasn't. Uh, and we kept going. And the great thing about Mike is he's he's an emotional guy. He will tell you some truths. If he likes you, he will be kind to you. And and it takes a lot to piss Mike off. It really does. And I've enjoyed getting to know him. Cowboys are lucky to have him as a coach. And some of you are thinking, yeah, he might not be here long. Listen, that's the league. Uh, and there is an issue with Dan Quinn because you don't want him to go. Maybe he needs to get the job. Maybe Sean Payton, et cetera, et cetera. None of that shit matters. The truth is you've got a six and two team sitting here that passed a massive test. And that was your quarterback's out. He's going to be out six or seven games. And we don't really know about this backup and how are we, this season's probably over. And it wasn't. They went four and one while Dak was out. Now Dak is back. He's gotten a little bit better these first two weeks, a little bit. Not nearly good enough to go on the run that you and I hope that they're going to go on at the end of the season and on into the playoffs or to make a run at, at catching Philadelphia in the division. We've all got December 24th marked because we love Christmas Eve and because the fucking Eagles will be in town and we'll be ready for that game. So it would be nice to see the Eagles spit the bit once or twice between here and there so there was a real chance. Their schedule's not very hard, so I don't think so. But this team will keep playing that way. And the other thing about this team is they have a little bit of this. No one really thinks we're very good. Everyone thinks maybe we got lucky with Cooper Rush and the games that we won. And maybe we shouldn't be here. I, I don't know how they get there, to be honest with you. And I, I actually wrote something here about, hey, this Cowboys team is maybe the most overachieving team playing the least, uh, the most underachieving team. And then I wrote, went back and I'm like, I don't think that's right. I mean, they were 12 and five, and now they're six and two. That's 18 and seven in their last 25 games. They're good. They're good. Whether or not you can nitpick the offense or the defense or the offensive line or whatever, we will, we can, we do. It gives me something to do. The truth is, they are pretty good. But in 13 years in Green Bay, four NFC championship games, eight straight playoff appearances, they won Super Bowl 45 at ATT. And as he said, the exit left a dent. So now we are going to go play them. And it's cool to go to Lambeau. It, it just is. It's old school. The stadium's been there forever. The fans own the team. The narrative is always cool. And they've been one of the luckiest teams in forever in having had Brett Favre and now Aaron Rodgers for the last, whatever, 32 years. Good for you. Talk to Cleveland and 15 other teams in this league and hadn't had a good quarterback in 32 years. So lucky on them, good on them on drafting good teams. And they've been a good team. And they've been a really cool organization. And when you get there, you're like, this is cool. This is this is old school everything, and I'm old school, so it resonates. And when I see Packers fans, you know, uh, Greg Ambrosius that I work with uh, at the National Fantasy Football Championship in Vegas a couple times a year, they're just old school values people. And I remember being at a couple of different games where the Packers were in the Super Bowl, one in San Diego and certainly the one here. And every time you run into Packers fans, everyone's like, good luck to you. And I hope you do well. And I hope you do well. I, we want to win. Uh, but, but I mean, it's always, it's always just great. That's Super Bowl in San Diego was so great. Them in Denver, Denver fans and Packer fans. And everybody was kind and having a good time and high-fiving and shaking hands and taking pictures. Now we're going to play the game. We hope our team wins. That's how it's supposed to be. Cause I've seen the opposite. 
I was in San Diego for the Raiders Super Bowl, and the Raiders fans torched the town, torched everything that was good, took all the energy out of the building when they uh, were in town in San Diego. And then when they got ass whipped by Tampa Bay, they slunk out of town, out the back door, and left blood in the streets. So there's there's a difference. Fan bases make a difference. So maybe the Cowboys are the most impressive team of the year based on what they've been through. To get to 6-2 and two and to get to here, pretty good. Uh, getting their quarterback sort of back and healthy and up and running, surviving things with Cooper Rush, watching this coaching staff make these wonderful adjustments uh, along the way. It hasn't been perfect, but <laughs> to be honest with you, it's been pretty damn close. I know you didn't like the, the Packer game and the interceptions and all of a sudden Cooper Rush is out and he's not very good and that's not true. Uh, the, the game plan wasn't perfect. The coaching staff didn't help him a lot and they were going to lose that game. Uh, and it looks like they were going to lose the opener against Tampa. And that's it. They've lost to Tampa and, and, and Philadelphia. There's no sin there. Let's go through the NFL teams and who's won and lost and who people have lost to. As a matter of fact, we can do it with Green Bay. I was going to get to this in a minute. But Green Bay, oh, damn, I have to find my notes. Okay, I'm going to skip that until I find it. I'm going to go in order like I wrote the damn thing. Most impressive overachieving team is the Cowboys, and then I say I'm wrong. Most underachieving group, no doubt, led by two-time back-to-back MVP, the Ayahuasca man himself. The Packers are 3-6 and six in nine games. They are 27th in the NFL in offense, which is something they've always been able to rely on when they needed it, right? That's what we want from Dak and this Cowboys team, to be able to turn to the offense when we need it. It's been that way with Aaron Rodgers since basically day one, since he stepped in that first game. Actually, actually, when he subbed in for Favre, was here at AT&T Stadium. And I remember watching him go pick, 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 and thinking, oh, shit, he's pretty good. Uh, he was. They are scoring 17 points a game. Uh, their defense should be better. They should be better, okay? The, the narrative, I, I, I watch all the TV and talk all the sports talk radio you want to. Three and six is bullshit for this team. And for the most part, I blame the quarterback. Now, the head coach is probably going to lose his job if it goes this way. Uh, this may be their seminal moment this weekend, but if you look at their last five games, maybe it should have been Buffalo, et cetera. They've lost five games in a row. So if this is it, okay, this is it. Cowboys are ready. They scored la nine points, the Packers did last week. No, Did you see who they played? They, they lost 15 to nine to Detroit. Now, Detroit was here. And they'd come off a bye weekend. They were ready for this Cowboys team, right? They played good. But the Cowboys won that game 27-9. to So 15-9 to in Lambeau against Detroit, and you lost your fifth game in a row. This ain't a seminal moment. That moment's already come and gone. I I'm not saying they're going to roll over, but it wouldn't shock me. Cowboys have bigger fish to fry anyway. The Eagles are on the schedule on the 24th. And what they've got to do is continue to get better, not lose any of these games, to be honest with you, and get to that game on the 24th where if they win, they can pull even with the Eagles. That's that's what they're trying to do. It's step to, step by step. It's been excellent to this point. By the way, the Cowboys are a five-point underdog in Lambeau. Would you have looked at this schedule and said, I expect my team to be five-point favorites as they head to play Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? I shouldn't have said that this was an overachieving team, though. I don't think that's right in reference to this Cowboys team. 18 and 7, their last 25. Defense that's in the top, top top five for most of the last two years. It's hard to win Super Bowls. It's hard to win playoff games. So you were disappointed, and so was I, in losing to San Francisco in all the way to the end, how it went down. A quarterback draw that the quarterback runs three steps too far and you don't get off a play and a chance to throw the ball in the end zone. You hated it all. And 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 so did I. 
And the offensive coordinator's job is on the line probably more than the head coach's because of that particular failure. So if they stumble here in Green Bay, because their defense isn't bad, if they stumble in Green Bay, it's going to be back on this offensive coordinator. So you hope that the bye week has produced what you needed, some added rest time, some help, a lot of film and study sessions by a really driven and motivated team that wants to get better, that isn't planning on losing coming out of the bye week. That's what you hope. In terms of health, Malik Hooker didn't play last week. It has been said to me that really he thinks he could have played last week if he needed to. It was a hamstring issue. Um, everything says that he's going to play. How good is Malik Hooker? Uh, opposing quarterback rating against Malik Hooker is 56.8. That's really good, right? That's one of the top three safeties in all the NFL. No touchdowns have been perpetrated against Malik Hooker. None. Not any. He's back. Uh, defensive end slash linebacker Sam Williams, your number two pick in the draft, uh, who had a great game two weeks ago where he played 12 plays, had two sacks, two quarterback hits, a pass defended, a fumble forced, and a fumble recovered. That's relatively efficient, I would say. Sam Williams is a bad man, needs to get on the field for more plays, and this sets up for a really good opportunity for the Cowboys pass rushers to have a big game. Aaron is not. This is the noticeable thing for me with Aaron Rodgers. You know how he moves around the pocket with such deftness? And and he just, you had him, but you didn't quite have him. And he light steps and high steps out of the sack and rolls to the right, finds somebody, you know, eight yards down the field. Well, that somebody's gone and he's in, in Las Vegas with the Raiders. But you get the point. He's always been that much too good, right? The long past the tight end down the sidelines to win the game in the playoffs two or three years ago or however long ago that was this these these throws where you're like how do you fit that ball through the window how is that ball not out of bounds how'd that receiver catch that ball that that's who Aaron Rodgers has been but he's not anymore and Sam Williams and company will be ready the defensive line will be ready Zeke Elliott will be ready it was an MCL sprain behind his right knee uh, whatever they want to call that, I reported it as a tear because that's what was said to me. They sort of fought back and like, ah, no, tear. No, yeah, well, a small sprain probably is a small tear. Hyperextended knee, we all saw it. We also saw him come back out three plays right here and jump over a, a cornerback or safety who didn't want to tackle him. He will be back. Tony Pollard stepped up and in his 14 touches, got 142 yards, pretty decent, three touchdowns. And this will be back to being a two-headed monster, and they're going to slam this monster right into Green Bay's ass. Ew. I didn't like that visual. That's more of a drunk sports podcast thing. We'll do that later tonight. Anthony Barr left the game uh, two weeks ago with a hamstring. Looks like he will play, but how impressive was it, whether you know him or not, of Damone Clark, who came off the IR uh, two weeks ago, and everybody was like, give him some time. Going to play some special teams, probably not that much. Barr leaves the game, and Damone Clark gets 33 plays and is very effective. And he's so effective that Jabril Cox, uh, his former teammate at LSU, still can't get on the field. So we'll get into that. Why, why can't Jabril Cox get on the field? ACL last year, fully recovered through training camp. There's not anything wrong with Jabril Cox. So I dug a little bit deeper on that if you want to know. Give me a second. Uh, ACL tear in 21 for Jabril because this was a, oh, I'm sorry, second or third round pick out of LSU that can play. And he's fast. Now he's a, a, a slight bit undersized for linebacker, but that doesn't really matter on this team, right? This team is, uh, other than the front four or five guys who are putting their hand in the ground, all about speed and angles and, and timing, right? So it doesn't matter that Jabril Cox is a little small, but it was said to me, He's more of a linebacker, of a safety body. 
And if you want to play him at safety, he's behind Curse and Donovan Wilson and Malik Hooker. And if you want to play him at linebacker, Leighton Vander Esch in a contract year is having a pretty damn good year. Now, for whatever reason, he's behind Damone Clark. He's behind Anthony Barr, who's been a revelation. And, of course, he's behind the best defense player in the NFL and Micah Parsons. Now, linebacker, defensive end, wherever the hell he lines up. So that's the reason Jabril Cox hasn't gotten in. I, I don't hear anything that says he's not working hard enough or or that he's not willing enough. It just seems strange. If, if his body is more suited to play safety, that means he can potentially play any of four or five positions uh, of, of an 11-unit group on defense. Just surprised he hasn't gotten on the field, but depth is a really good problem to have. Other injuries. Uh, Barr is going to be back, from what I understand. Noah Brown, it was a foot injury. And you may not think that's huge, but Noah Brown is the receiver who's where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be. And the truth is, C.D. Lamb, lots of times, isn't. He sort of drifted a little to the right or cut his route off a little bit to the left or whatever. So Tom Brady loves those guys. All quarterbacks, especially like Dak, love those guys. Who's showing me his numbers right where he's supposed to be on time so I can throw on-time passes? It's Noah Brown. And it may not be a huge, big-time, ultra-fast guy. He's got sort of that slightly heavier build, slightly stronger type build, uh, but he catches the ball when it's thrown to him, and he's in the right places, and there's value for Noah Brown as the third wide receiver on this team. Now, how much would Noah Brown play if Odell Beckham was on this team? I reported yesterday because... I have a source that told me that they were close to getting Odell Beckham done. Hasn't happened, and I haven't heard anything else about that. I've been called out a bit on that. Fine with me. Uh, I reported I have a source, and someone called me and said this thing is going down. It hasn't gone down. So the Cowboys have done everything they can do. Michael Irvin's been involved. Micah Parsons has been involved. Everybody that they can get to sort of reach out to him and say, come our way. We have a chance to win a Super Bowl. You don't want to go back to the Giants because genuinely they don't have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Now you probably don't want to go, go to Buffalo because it looks like their quarterback may be out for the year. I'm not rooting for that, mind you. That's probably the best quarterback in the league and probably the best team in the league, and you want them to play through the season. I want to see how this Buffalo thing turns out. I want to see if they get Kansas City in Buffalo and maul them in the AFC Championship game. If that's how it's supposed to happen, then I want to see it. So I hope that he's not hurt. Those are the teams that I have heard of are interested in him. Also the Eagles, because the Eagles are just doing anything. They can jab a stick right in the Cowboys fans' eyes. I don't know whether they really want him or not, but they're better, they're deeper, and they're the team. So yeah, yeah, we're interested. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out the salaries. I'm worried that from a Cowboys point of view, somehow or another, Steven's not going to like this deal. And I'm a big fan of Steven Jones. I'm a monstrous fan of Will McClay and Jerry Jones in this organization. But Steven, in the last five years, has gone from saying okay to Jerry Jones about whoever he wanted to trade for at the trade deadline to nope, essentially, we don't do it. Now, they did trade for... Um, the former Raider who I'm blanking on, uh, Amari Cooper, uh, that was a big deal. But other than that, they haven't done much of the trade deadline. And then on the other hand, they have Hankins in there, which helped the defensive front. Wasn't sexy, but certainly Hankins is playing more plays than he played when he was in Oakland. And, and now he's helpful since they released Tristan Hill. So they haven't done anything is not right, but it does have to be pretty close to perfect. So they didn't end up with Cooks. They probably shouldn't have have moved on so quickly from Chase Claypool. And now we hear, and I did not hear this at all, but they were in some some semi-deep negotiations with Jerry Judy of Denver. Okay, that's great. That's where they should be, by the way. They've got $18 million on the salary cap. What are you saving it for? This is the season. If Aaron Rodgers has won one fucking Super Bowl in 14 years, how hard is it to get to a damn Super Bowl? You all know it's been 
30 years. You all know we're still living on Troy Aikman coming on the ticket or wherever he's at every week because it's nice to hear Troy's voice because Troy won the last three Super Bowls for the Cowboys. It's impossible. It's impossible. And so if this is the defense and this is the running game and this is the coaching staff and your mojo's just right, then you should have overspent to get whoever it was, Cooks or whatever. And so now they're in a position where they're probably going to overspend to get Odell Beckham. It ain't going to be a contract for the rest of this year. It's going to be this year and next and maybe the year after that. He's already proven, as far as most people are concerned, I can recover from an ACL, I can come in, I can play, right? He played eight games at the end of the year last year for the Rams, was mildly effective, but he was really good in four playoff games, netting 22 catches and four touchdowns in four playoff games. And all of you are thinking the same thing I am. I'm good. Bring him in here. Get him in a couple of games at the end of the year. Let's see how that knee goes. Let's see how fast he is and let him play. Do I have reservations? Oh, hell yes. He's 30 years old. He's had two ACL injuries. Apparently, the one last year didn't really take. That's why this one happened again. I don't even know what that means. I'm not a surgeon. I don't know what I look at when I get in there. But he had an ACL surgery, but it didn't really take? What the fuck does that mean? All it means is it happened again. And in my mind, all I can think of, it's going to happen again. Now, maybe it won't. But for the most part, the hurt guys in this league end up being the hurt guys. I don't even care anymore. Get him in, nurse him through a couple of games, get him to the playoffs and see if he can make that electric sort of slightly something different. Dion did, this ain't Dion, but that kind of electricity or infectious personality could make a big difference with this team. Looking at the Packers roster, these are the guys that are hurt or out. This is a big deal. So Rashawn Gary is one of their best linebackers, out. Romeo dubs and for the longest time i thought it was dubs d-o-u-b-s i was like isn't that great romeo dubs is maybe the best name ever for especially for stone people alan lazard is gimpy played last week he will play again this week but he had 10 or 11 balls thrown his way last week and caught five certainly some of that's going to be on the quarterback for the most part that that says that's a guy who's not getting his foot hard in the ground as far as i'm concerned put digs on him and be done uh aaron jones is probably their most dangerous weapon day in and day out handoffs and swing passes and little routes from the slot. He actually is a little gimpy and is going to play, but doesn't look like he's the same guy either. Uh, tight end Robert Tunyon has had his issues. That's one of Rogers' favorites. Cornerback Eric Stokes has an ankle. He is most likely out. And where the hell is running back A.J. Dillon? And where is this running game? Because I've called Green Bay and says, is your offensive line this bad? Is that what this is? Your offensive line is this bad that Dillon and Aaron Jones cannot get the running game going. Is that right? And everyone's like, no, they're not that bad. There's an injury, but everyone's got an injury. And no, they're not that bad. This is mostly Aaron and the whining about what he is or isn't getting from his wide receivers. Good. I love it when Aaron whines. At 325 on Sunday at Lambeau Field, the 6-2 and two Dallas Cowboys will take on the 3-6 and six Green Bay Packers. The Packers are a home dog getting five points. Just sounds weird. They've lost five straight games. Two, here you go. I knew I had this. The Giants, 27-22. Now, when it happened, we weren't so sure how good the Giants were. We're still not, uh, but they continue to win games. Then they lost to the Jets. We weren't sure about that either. What this is, is Robert Sala's got them coached up. They are fast as hell. They did lose their best running back, but the Jets are still a dangerous team. They lost to Washington and... I want to shove that aside and say they suck. But the truth is at four and five, I'm impressed as hell with Washington. Then they went to Buffalo and Aaron was like, this is our game. I'm not saying we're going to win, but we don't want to be embarrassed. This is our game. They went to Buffalo. They weren't embarrassed, but they lost 27-17. And last week they were embarrassed. The Detroit Lions had won a single game all year. 
They were the worst defense in the NFL, which got better after the bye week because the Cowboys saw that. But they're not the Cowboys. They, they got better. They got better from we suck and we're the worst to 25th. And last week, they held Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers to nine points. That's five losses in a row. Giants, Jets, Washington, Buffalo, and Detroit. When you close your eyes and say those names, you're like, I imagine four of those teams suck. They don't, but still, isn't the narrative right there of how the fuck did they lose five games to those five teams? I don't know, but they're not getting anything out of their passing game. They're getting very little interest out of their quarterback, who's back-to-back MVPs. Ayahuasca and his nature of hallucinogenics worked like crazy the last two years. Maybe it's coming back. I don't know anything about drugs or the mind or anything else other than I try and stay out of my own way. Maybe Ayahuasca for two straight years is coming back and it's backing up on him. I don't know. Well, I know, but they're bad, and the Cowboys are a five-point favorite. They will not take this game lightly. They will go in to stop the run against Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They will get that done. They will put digs on Alan Lazard because that's where Aaron wants to throw the football, and Sam Williams, Tank Lawrence, Micah Parsons, and whoever else wants to blitz every now and then will get after Aaron Rodgers because the number one thing that I see with Rodgers is he is not as deft moving around in the pocket. He is not slipping out of those tackles. He's been sacked 18 times. He's thrown seven interceptions. He's got six fumbles. Let's put that in perspective. Seven interceptions in nine games this year for Aaron Rodgers. He had nine interceptions total in the last two years. Nine. Six fumbles. He had six fumbles total in the last two years. It's not the same guy. So whether it's the offensive line or whether father time is catching up or whether he just doesn't give a shit, he is a strange guy. Aaron Rodgers has not been very good. So... Rodgers is hateable. It will be fun to beat them. Mike McCarthy, I don't think, will relish in a win at Green Bay, but he'll be happy about it. What did he say? It left a dent when I left Green Bay when I got fired. I stayed around there and rehabbed, went to the barn and stayed in Green Bay. I had to walk around that town and interact with those people uh, for the full year after I got fired. Probably not my best choice. So he will relish a win in a town that is in many ways his town. He's got a street, for God's sakes. There's, there's no, he's got Mike McCarthy way. We asked him about that, and he's like, yeah, sometimes when I'm back, I go see if the sign is still up. I like Mike McCarthy. Anyway, um, if the Cowboys win a Super Bowl, Mike McCarthy will have two towns, and I don't know if they'll name a street after him around the star, maybe. Maybe. Jerry Jones likes doing that. He owns most of Frisco, so that could happen. But this is a big game for the Cowboys. I have a 24-17 win. The best thing about this team so far, besides their resilience and besides not making many mistakes, penalties are a little bit still up and down, is that this has been a completely focused football team all year. I can pick at Dak not being as good as I want him to be or not looking as confident or the passing game not being a threat. Like It's going to need to be as you progress. This is Green Bay, Minnesota Giants, okay? These are going to be three really tough games with good defenses that have offenses, maybe not Green Bay, enough that will score some points. And your team's going to have to score points. So Dak does have to continue to get better. The offensive coordinator has to pull his head out, put people in motion, show some different formations, do something different, and move Dak around a little bit so he has clearer views of his wide receivers. Jason Garrett, uh, two weeks ago, I think on TV, was brilliant with that. He's like, listen, Get him out on the edge just a little bit. You don't have to roll him hard right or roll him hard left, but get him out where he can look at his receivers. He's extraordinarily accurate from that position, and that uses his legs, not including him in the running game. I, I hope they don't do that. But I did point that out to you last week. I think in 88 games, he has 26 red zone rushing touchdowns. Okay. 
if there are plays in the red zone that get Dak Prescott into the end zone, then you are going to use them. Whether that's part of the running game or not, apparently it works. 26 touchdowns in 88 games is pretty damn effective from that quarterback. I would have never guessed that. I don't know about you. Cowboys head to Lambeau. It's 325 on Sunday. They are five-point favorites. I love all of that. I love Mike McCarthy going home in a game. He'd probably prefer that the Packers be great and that they go beat a great team by a point on a field goal with your field goal kicker who's now resurrected. That's probably the way he'd like to win. But when he leaves Lambeau on Sunday night and gets on that airplane to come back to Dallas 7-2, and two, and he has a win over Aaron, and he has tipped his hat to those people of, look what I'm getting done here in Dallas. They will give him a gentle applause, and they will be happy for him. And he will drive down Mike McCarthy way one more time, and the Cowboys will be 7-2. and two. It's been fun to do this show. I'm off in the helmets, courtesy of DSP Media Productions. I'm Brady Tinker. Please enjoy your Sunday and enjoy another Cowboys victory, and I will try and find out about Odell. I thought I knew. None of us know shit. All right, 3.30 with uh, Tito.